I wonder what this button does. Audio commentary on. That's kind of weird. Testing. One, two. Whatever. Today on episode number 564 of the School of Podcasting, we have a cool because of my podcast story. We're going to talk about the Bridge Rankings Report on Podcasting Best Practices. We've got a podcast rewind. We're going to talk about my own struggles with imposter syndrome and how nobody can do a show like yours. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting All right, since so this is the beginning of the show, and I try to explain to people why they should listen to me, how you know what I'm going to do for the show, massaging messages, tackling technology, that kind of thing. And the idea is to bring some energy to it and let people, get them awake, get them up and going, and really let them know that I really want to help them. And then I usually throw in a coupon code so people know where to go to the website, things of that nature, just to get them up and going. And so that's usually the idea of the opening of the show. I've got the cool, funky music because it makes you want to get up and shake your butt. And I like funk. I like music. I like uh, cool guitar riffs. So that's why I picked that music. And uh, that's pretty much the opening of the show. It's kind of funny. It's not scripted. It should be. And that's why I often mess it up. If you listen to the blooper section at the end, that's usually it. It's the beginning of the show because I, I just mess it up every week. You know, I do like to start these off with a thing I call because of my podcast. And this is just a segment story. I do. It helps me spotlight people that are actually having podcast success. And it's a way of selling podcasting without me saying, hey, really, you should start a podcast. In a few weeks here. The lovely, the talented Katie Kermitsos of Biz Women Rock, and here's her answer too because of my podcast blank. Yeah, I, I mean, I could literally like it launched my whole business. So because of my podcast, I was able to offer coaching services. I was able to, you know, be seen as a leader within a Facebook group, be seen as a leader, you know, an online community builder. Like all, I'm literally everything that I'm doing in my business is because of the podcast. Everything. That's pretty much it. There you go. Yep. <laughs> we could sit here for two hours and have you go through each item, but um... no, I mean, I know I I don't like being so general, but that's it. And you know what, Dave? Like right now, I. I have so many people coming into my Facebook group, which is where I kind of like house all of my listeners, and I made this post the other day about like, oh my gosh, we have so many amazing women coming in here. Can you tell me how you guys found out about this group? Because I'm always really curious to know, and. 90% of them were like, I heard about this group and then I heard about your podcast or I heard about the podcast and then I heard about this group or I heard, I heard you say this on the podcast. I fell in love with your podcast and, da, da, da. and I, you know, like in those moments when like editing the podcast and producing the podcast right. become really overwhelming and really like ugh, monotonous. I can never lose sight of the fact that so many people still connect with the podcast and continue to connect with the podcast. And, and I, I'm given the privilege of being seen as a leader because of that. So every little thing I have created in my business, whether it's been coaching, whether it's been, uh, I'm putting on my first retreat. I am I'm, I'm one of my girlfriends who has become a girlfriend of mine because of Biz Women Rock, because of my podcast, who lives in Australia. She is flying out for my retreat. Like, I have a great, amazing girlfriend because of this podcast. Like literally everything under the banner of what I'm doing in my life right now is because of this podcast. Thank you, Katie. And again, you can find her at bizwomenrock.com and she'll be on this show in the future. And before we go any further, I kind of click this button. That's You know what gets me? There are a lot of people here, the, the youngins that probably don't even remember audio commentaries on a DVD. Let me turn that off. 
Audio commentary off. All right, there is an article on the internet that's uh, getting a whole lot of play. And it's got some, in my opinion, advice that is not the best advice I've ever seen. And so I want to talk a little bit about it. It's from this place called Bridge Rankings. So first things first, consider your source. Well, Bridge Rankings was basically, well, it is. They are located in Irvine, California. They were founded in 2001. And they're a media analysis corporation providing behavioral analysis of media consumers in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and Europe. Company clients include... Emmis, Microsoft, Yahoo, Amazon, CBS Radio, Cumulus Broadcasting, and Clear Channel Communications. Okay, as well as finance and media investment firms around the world. Founder by founded by broadcaster executive Dave Van Dyke. Bridge Ratings has its roots as a radio ratings company, positioned as an alternative to other services in medium and smaller markets. Bridge rating surveys were utilized as a bridge between the one or two annual surveys offered by other research companies. The company transitioned to a media consumer analysis firm in 2003 when its study focusing on the impact of commercial interruptions on radio listeners revealed that stations lost as much as 25% of their listeners with every commercial beyond two in a row. Shocking. Really? You think? You're going to blast me with three or four commercials? I'm going to tune out? We needed somebody? To research that? Anyway, this study became a template for future analysis of listener behavior. Oh, I, I'm throwing up in my mouth just a little bit. Now, who is David Van Dyke? He's the founder, we know, of uh, Bridge Ratings. And uh, he has extensive and varied experience in media. Has captured every facet of radio and internet audience engagement. In radio, he's worked for a diverse array of positions, including programming, management, sales, on-air, marketing, and research for CBS, Infinity, ABC, Nokia, and Westinghouse. Uh, through his works with Bridge Ratings, again, the company that he founded, Dave is widely recognized, by who we're not sure, for his ability to forecast and gauge media consumption across multiple platforms and to utilize field data to advise his clients. He is also known for his management of radio stations, rebuilding, none of which are we're going to mention, rebuilding successes, uh, taking underperforming radio properties, and turning them into high-cash-flowing corporate contributors. Now, for the record, I don't know either of these companies, but I, knew, I do know this. If I want to listen to a David Van Dyke podcast, I can't. If I want to listen to a Todd Cochran, president of Blueberry, I can do that. If I want to listen to uh, Rob Walsh, Vice President of uh, Podcast Relations at uh, Libsyn, I can. If I want to listen to uh, Rob Greenlee, yep, I can do that. No David Van Dyke podcast. It's interesting. <laughs> but David wrote a big old article on podcasting. Now, for the record, what they did is he interpreted a survey of 2,000 people aged 13 and older who were contacted, and this is the other thing, we I, I, I don't know, there's got to be a better way, of random phone calls where uh, landlines, 45%, and mobile phones, 55%. And I, I ask again, I guess it's whatever, Beaver Mud, Mississippi has a landline that they're going, hello, hi, no, never heard of no podcast. How's that work? Anyway, this is all U.S. stuff. Online questionnaires 
That's another form of this. And daily diaries were utilized to gauge the consumption behavior of current podcast listeners and potential listeners. Okay. Of current podcast list. Anybody else get this survey? I didn't. Haven't heard of anybody doing this. The margin of error for the study is plus or minus 2%. And so there are some items I want to address here because there's some here that I just go, ugh, and I want to make sure you're getting the right information. All right. So they, now some of this is good for the record. Trends in, uh, in time spent, uh, listening. Okay. So the, the, the trend of people listening, uh, said it reflected a significant reduction in the average time spent per listening session, falling by a third between August 2015 and 2017. So they're saying people are listening less minutes per session. Listening session is defined as the portion of each podcast listened to during individual sessions. They said 50%, easy for me to say, 56% of our panelists listen to podcasts in multiple sessions. Now, I'm emphasizing that because you'll see here in a second when they get into this, they say that the perfect time is like 22 minutes. But so they're saying people are listening to two shows, 56% multiple sessions. Now, when they mention how people find podcasts, their answer is number one, social media. Number two, search. Number three, word of mouth. Number four, other podcasts. And number five, and this is the one I go, hmm, why is that? Because they made it in bold streaming channels. I'm like, okay, what, what's with the boldness there? And then six radio hosts. And in their conclusion, they state for broadcasters seeking to increase listenership to podcasts by their talent, a significant increase in promotion, both on air and through social media, would be a primary strategy. To which, again, I say, wait a minute, are you telling me that for me, to grow my audience, to see a significant increase, I have to promote my show? Holy cow. How much do I have to pay for this report? Now, in the best practices section, they listed this. Number one, and this, I, some of this I'm like, oh yeah, they got this right. Producers of podcasts should have a clear idea of the prospect or audience, better known as the target market. In other words, who are you talking to? Knowing who is the target will help producers stay focused on the topics covered. Audience knowledge lays the foundation for all other items on the list. And to that, I say bravo. That is absolutely. Got to know who you're talking to. Because how do you know if what you're talking about is of value to them if you don't know who they are? So again, I say amen. I'm doing a show right now. If you want to check it out, podcastrodeoshow.com. And this is where I pick a random podcast and just give my honest to goodness first impressions. It's just an opinion. But I, when I started that show, I really thought I would get a couple clinkers. And I'm here to tell you, I have only found a couple that I was like, that was a good intro where it's just horrible. Podcastrodeoshow.com. All right, here's their second spot. And again, be organized and know where the podcast is going. And I'm going to interject here before you hit record. That would be a good thing to know. Where, what are we going? Right? So here, be considerate of your audience time and don't ramble. Get to the point. Amen. Brothers again, cannot agree with you more. Then they spew this crap. The average time spent with podcast is 22 minutes with listeners who commit 
beyond the first five minutes. Why? Because a lot of people in that first five minutes vomit in their mouth a little bit and then move on to somebody else. Podcast abandonment continues to plague non-focused hosts with no clear understanding of how to capture their listeners' attention. And again, that I would bold and underline. Podcast abandonment continues to plague. I played one the other day, and it literally started off with a guy saying, hey, Larry, I think we're on. Oh, we are? Yeah, okay. And then he's like, people keep having conversations. I hear this a lot. People keep having conversations on a podcast that are good conversations to have before you press record. Like, I want to talk a little bit about this article that I read in the Times about such and such and such and such. And the guy's like, okay, let's do that. I'm like, why are we having the planning meeting on the microphone? Let me give you a classic example that we've all done and it ties into podcasting. I have a cat. You've, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know his name is Bernie. And you know when he's hungry, he's vocal, which probably makes most people think I starve my cat because he's very vocal. But uh, I was running out of cat food And instead of uh, adding the cat food to my grocery list, I just went to the grocery store and while I was out and I went in there and have you ever done this? I bought chicken. I bought some veggies. I bought this. I bought that and a little bit of that. And oh yeah, let's get some napkins and you get home. And that's right. No cat food. And I'm like, oh, all right. Why was that? No plan. No goal. No list. When you walk in with a list, you're focused. In fact, I would like think that when I go in with a list, I'm probably in and out a whole lot quicker because I'm not walking around the aisles going, oh, look, they now have 57 versions of Oreo cookies. I'm going in and I'm getting out. And I think that's the same thing with podcasting when you have, and I'm not talking about writing out every single word. When you just go in knowing what I'm going to talk about, Hey, we're going to talk about on this today. And then we can talk about that. And then we're going to go to the segment three thing. And then we go to the lightning round and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll do the thing. Make sure to mention that that's focused. Now they say here, the session average of 22 minutes also reflects partial podcast consumption. In other words, podcasts of longer length are often listened to in two or more sessions. Now, that's true. This is the point I want to make so people don't run out and go, oh, the best time for your podcast is 22 minutes. That is not the case. This does not mean your podcast needs to be 22 minutes. I'm going to say that one more time because it's fun. This does not. Brothers and sisters, hear me now. (laughs) Believe me later. No, believe me now, this does not mean your podcast needs to be 22 minutes because somebody's going to take that and run with it. Now, I work for Libsyn. I was a customer for Libsyn for 10 years before I was a, a an employee. And they came out in a previous episode of The Feed, which you can find at thefeed.libsyn.com. Rob Walsh, again, the VP of Podcast Relations, reported that 84% of the podcasts that have more than 100,000 downloads Per episode, not per month, per episode. Them's some big numbers right there. Uh Uh-huh. Biggins, 84% of them are longer than 51 minutes. So it does not mean to be 22 minutes. And here's my thought on this is, you know, basically they say listening to a podcast in its entirety often means listening to it in multiple sessions, to which I again say, no kidding, really? In a world where both parents are working, taking kids to school, to soccer practice, before going to their second job, you mean they don't have 
multiple unlimited hours to sit and listen to a show in an uninterrupted. I'm like, what world do you live in that I have 51 minutes to, to listen to anything, especially if you have a family. So I'll give you an example. I listened to Daniel J. Lewis of the audacity to podcast. He did a show episode 301. It was three and a half hours long. It was a kind of a special thing. He was celebrating his 10 years in podcasting. And I walk around the block twice at three times a day, really. Uh, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and once on my lunch because I work from home and you got to get off the chair. And then I also, when I'm listening at the gym or something like that, if I'm riding my bike, but at least that I listen basically a lot of times in 10 to 20 minute intervals. And so it took me two days to get through his three and a half hour podcast, but I kept listening. I was not frustrated that I had to stop. I was like, okay, I'll pick this up in, you know, a couple hours. And why did I keep listening to it? Because it was interesting. And you've heard me quote her before. I'm going to say it again. Valerie Geller, the book Beyond Powerful Radio says, there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. So again, you don't have to do a short show to, and, and a lot of radio people will say this. And hence, David Van Dyke, in this case, I'm smelling a radio guy. And the other thing they love to do, well, we'll get to that in a second, is they love to push the streaming angle. Now, number three, again, so I, I agree with the first part of that. Be organized and know where the podcast is going. Be considerate of your audience's time and don't ramble. Get to the point. And podcast abandonment continues to plague non-focused hosts with no clear understanding of how to capture their listeners' attention. You've got that first minute, first two minutes tops to say, here's why you need to listen to this now. And for the record, as I was listening at the beginning of this show, you know, the one where I did the little joke about the audio commentary, I'm like, that's kind of a ballsy move. That's kind of a courageous move because that's a really crappy opening. For somebody who's never listened to my show and knows that I like to have fun, it's kind of a hypocritical kind of thing to do. Number three, edit, edit, edit. It's easy to start a podcast recording only to find the host and or guest have rambled for 45 minutes or an hour before posting the podcast online. Uh, producers would be better served to listen to the entire recording with a clear ear and edit content that doesn't serve the vision of the informative, engaging, and entertaining content that listeners can't get from other media. I talked about this a couple episodes ago. What is the main purpose of this segment if you're doing multiple segments? And then listen and say, does this part where I talked about my trip to Orange Julius at the mall fit in with the rest of the story, the rest of the point I'm making? No, then get rid of it. And I'm a big fan of editing. I, To me, I've always said Mount Rushmore was just a mountain. And then uh, Dwayne Robinson decided, hey, you know what? Let's edit that a little bit. Put some faces in it. Maybe people will show up to uh, South Dakota because, well, there's nothing else here to look at, apparently. I don't know. Never been to South Dakota. So number four, they say establish a publishing schedule. Bridge ratings analysis found that weekly podcasts are the most popular, followed by twice per week and daily. Tuesday was the best day to post podcasts, followed by Friday, based on our panel's responses. Now, I don't think it really matters as long as you're consistent. A podcast about entertainment might make more sense to put out on Thursday or Friday. So you're preparing for the weekend. Hey, here's the new movie that's out, blah, blah, blah. This band's coming to town, yada, yada, yada. That makes sense to do that on the weekend. 
here's I've always said this when it comes to picking a schedule, uh, pick it and then stick with it. But here's some things to keep in mind, especially for you people that are like, I'm going to do a daily show. All right. Well, number one, record seven shows and then tell me again, you're going to do a daily show. But here's some things about the podcast app from Apple. It, uh, it pauses downloads of episodes from podcasts, which the user hasn't listened to. Episode auto downloading stops 15 days after a user last views that podcast or plays an episode on any device the user signed into and after five new episodes are unplayed on a single device. So if it's been 15 days since they've viewed that podcast, they've, you haven't even sniffed it, and you've downloaded uh, five episodes that haven't played on anything, they're going to just unsubscribe you. Say, so, nah, whatever, he's, he's, he's given up on this show. After 45 days of a user not viewing or playing episodes from a podcast on any device, and after five new episodes are unplayed on any device, podcast app for iOS and tvOS stops updating the podcast altogether. So they're just like, nah, forget about it. Uh, iTunes desktop also has protections against unwanted downloads. After 15 days and five unplayed new episodes, new podcast episodes stop auto-downloading. After 45 days, podcast metadata stops updating. So again, it's been over a month. They're just like, ah, forget it. So before you go launching that daily show, you might want to think about that. I'm just saying, or if you want to do a binge listen, see a binge listening, I don't think would be bad. If you listen all, if you like, I'm going to release all 20 episodes at once. I don't think you're going to run into that problem. I still think, I'm not sure I'm sold on that idea because people have to manually go back and get those. But just think about doing this. I'm going to do, I, I had one person that wanted to do two podcasts per day. And I'm like, if your audience can't keep up, that app is going to probably just quit updating. So keep that in mind. Here's another one they said. Uh, number five, tagging metadata. Search is the second most popular way consumers find podcasts of interest. Producers should be cognizant of, that's a big word right there. You ready? Cognizant mm-hmm. of search engine requirements, including software that consumes consumers use and directories. Metadata, which I think at one point, wasn't that like one of the monsters? Wasn't it like metadata versus Godzilla? Is that additional information embedded in an object which provides the information to software platforms about that subject? Anybody else fall asleep yet? I know I have. Uh, search engine optimization, better known as SEO, is a function of these tags and allows a podcast to be found. Really? You think? There's a thing called Google where people can find me? Really? The more refined and focused the tagging data, the higher the chance of the podcast appearing on the first pages of the search results. Really? If I pay attention to my SEO, I might be on the front page of Google. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Um, so don't, what I don't want people to do here is a couple things. Number one, when they're talking about metadata, they're not talking about ID3 tags. ID3 tags, to the best of my knowledge, have zero to do with SEO on your website. That has to do if somebody downloads your show to their desktop and they're listening to it outside of an RSS feed. So, it does make sense to have keywords in your websites. Um, the best advice I can give is use the title of your podcast and the title of your episodes to the max. Use words that pique people's curiosity or words that inspire them to click. And if you're going to put any kind of episode number in your titles, please put them at the end. That's my opinion. I have no fact for that. It's just my opinion. Uh, the reason for that, just so you know what I'm basing that on, is sometimes 
the title of your podcast gets cut off, especially in kind of the web-based version of iTunes. So I say put that bad boy at the end. That way people are searching for it. It'll still come up, but it doesn't take a value, uh, valued real estate. And when you ignore the people and focus on writing things for robots, you're going to lose a key source of referrals, which is word of mouth, when you strictly write things for robots. So this is where people will go into their author tag in iTunes and put stupid things like Zig Ziglar, who's been dead for years. You know, when you try to game the system, it usually does not work for you. In fact, Apple has said, we're not going to uh, spotlight anybody who's doing obvious spamming. Number six, they said, for broadcasters seeking to increase listenership to podcasts hosted by their talent, a significant increase in promotion, both on air and through social media, would be the primary strategy. So here again, really? I need to promote my show to be found. So yes, you need to tell people about your podcast. My formula for podcast downloads is the total value in the episode. So how valuable is it? Multiplied it by the intelligent promotion that you do equals the total number of podcast downloads. Um, even in their own study, they said awareness through word of mouth, through word of mouth from friends and family in uh, increasing publicity of podcasting in general and highest interest topics are motivating people to try podcasting. But that first thing, word of mouth. So they also, and this I thought was kind of weird, they quoted an article from Mumbrella. I'm not making that up. That's the name of some sort of website, Mumbrella, that said, the understanding of podcasting in media agencies trails that of streaming. The research revealed on a scale of one to 10, media agencies ranked their understanding of podcasting, podcast advertising at a five to one average. So they, they gave, I'll give podcasting a, a five to one. It's got a good beat, but you can't dance to it. And then on an average of 7.2 for streaming digital audio, with just 6% classifying themselves as having little understanding. So it's kind of, to me, this is the information that leads people to say, well, we need to, to get podcasters to abandon this whole download thing and start streaming because, well, look at that. People understand streaming. They don't understand this podcasting stuff. So let's all just do streaming. To me, this is like saying we need to go, we, we, we really need to, to get people to quit emailing people and go back to letter writing because people are confused by this whole email thing. We need to educate people on podcasting. We need to grab our neighbors and ask them if they have a smartphone, then ask them what their hobbies are. Go to the podcast app, find it, and then say, here, click play. It's just that easy. It's fun. I actually did that to my neighbor. I tried, and he said, I don't have a smartphone. I have a flip phone. And realize there are going to be people like that. I got a flip phone. I don't trust the government, and I don't need a smartphone. So, okay, that's fine. They're not going to be a podcast listener. But this whole thing about, hey, you know, there again, remember when I said that one paragraph, they, they made the streaming stuff in bold and it might be, they're like, well, the advertisers understand streaming. So you should stream. No. How about you? I don't know. Start a podcast, get to know podcasting space by interviewing people that are in the space and then maybe find out what's the best way to describe podcasting to potential buyers. That would be an idea. Now I know. Ooh, it takes a lot of work, but uh, yeah. So when it comes to streaming, with the exception of Spreaker, who uses Shoutcast when you do a live streaming on 
Spreaker. That's one of their uh, things that makes them stand out. A, a podcast that is played on a website or an app or a tablet that has not been previously downloaded is not a stream. It's a progressive download. Now, technically, it smells like a stream. You're is that a, that smells like streaming. No, it's not. It's a progressive download. It basically downloads the file in chunks and it just keeps, here's another chunk. Here you go. You play that chunk while I get another one. And so it looks like streaming. It's a progressive download. Now, in their final thought of the article, they say podcasting continues to have a great potential to drive a broader trend toward on-demand audio that is reshaping the 75 billion, with a B, global audio market. All right, thumbs up. Podcasting still has an issue with discovery. (laughs) Heavy sigh. And needs to become more social in order to drive audience growth in addition to simplified search mechanisms. I kind of agree with this and kind of don't. I will agree that there are times that iTunes search is not very good. Uh, But I will also say there are times when it works perfectly fine. And I don't think the problem is finding a podcast on the topic. I think the problem is finding a good podcast on your favorite subject. That I think is the problem. I don't think we have a, a findability problem. I think we have a quality problem, a quality control problem. And that's just my opinion based on what I've been doing with Podcast Rodeo Show. All right, 75% of podcasters are concerned with generating new listeners and app presence. Really? Wait a minute. Did you say 75% of podcasters are concerned with generating new listeners? What are the other 25% saying? No, I'm good. I don't need any more people. We're good. You can send them to somebody. What? Uh, They say 70% are dissatisfied with their monetization. Really? Uh, And 58% are dissatisfied with their social media present. Again, in what area of any of those are you going to go? No, no, no. We're good with money. Nah, we don't need any more social media. No, nah, I don't really need Facebook or Twitter. Nah, what? Okay. So that I was kind of like, you know, this is, this is really the most insightful report I think I've ever read. Here's another one. Social media search and word of mouth are the most popular channels for audio audience growth. Shocking. So here's my point on that. Okay, so if that's the case, make a podcast that inspires other people to talk about it. There you go. That's how you increase word of mouth. You give people something to talk about. Cubani rate. Okay, that would be illegal. Never mind. Then they say the barriers to fastest growth, finding podcast I'm interested in was number one. And again, I think what they should say there is finding a good podcast that I'm interested in. And two, programs are too long or have uninteresting hosts. Uninteresting hosts, check. Too long, I don't think so. I really don't think length is a problem. Uh, number one, there's a fast forward button on everything I listen to. So that's basically the whole report. I think, again, that some of this is geared to kind of nudge people towards streaming audio. I'm not really sure, but the big thing I wanted to talk about this was it's getting a lot of talk in different Facebook groups and things. Please do not walk away from this going, oh man, all my shows have to be 22 minutes now. No, they don't. It's your show. Do your show the way you want to do your show and your audience is either going to like it or not. Now, if you start off 
and you have 300 downloads and then you try something new or whatever and all of a sudden now you have 120, that's probably not your media host. You better start talking to your audience to find out what they think of it. So I definitely want to talk about that, get that out on the table so that you're aware, again, A, consider the source, B, remember, and uh, I'll use Todd Cochran's line. He always says everybody has an agenda. So it's it's just interesting. So take it for what it is. In the end, do a show that people are inspired to tell their other friends about. Make it as long as it needs to be and not a minute more. Be organized and get to the point. Those, in my opinion, are great podcasting best practices. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I've appeared on a couple different shows, and this really is a cool show. It's a new show from my buddy Kale Nelson. It's called uh, Modern Christian Men. So beware, little invisible sky buddy talk. But uh, I was on, if you've ever noticed, if you go out to the school podcasting.com, you'll see where I have a little Bible verse there, Jeremiah 29, 11. And uh, we talked about that and other things. Here is a quick clip. Because you know how you always had that old guy that was completely out of touch <laughs> in Sunday school? Yep. So I was always volunteered. I wanted to be the younger guy to, to teach the junior high kids and the high school kids to show that you know you could be somewhat kind of cool and still be a Christian without being a brother, are you saved kind of <laughs> guy. You know, because that, that doesn't usually work. I don't know if anybody's ever noticed that. But uh, condemning people to hell usually is not a great first impression. That's not the one they want to hear when they come in the door for sure. I also appeared on the membership site Straight Talk Show, talking a little bit behind the scenes of some of the tools I use to run the School of Podcasting. Yeah, I saw that on your website. You have a, a button on there. It says Book Now for a Consulting Session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that an app you're using? I'm using a uh, a scheduling tool called Acuity Scheduling, mm-hmm. and it's really cool because you can set up different services that you do. Uh, you can set up coupons if you want. And it ties in with your Google Calendar. It also ties in, I believe, with Outlook and, you know, the the usual players for that. Uh, And then some of them can be free. So, like, if I have somebody that wants me to be a guest on their show or or vice versa, well, I don't want to, like, charge them to be on my show. So I have a whole completely different set of kind of services that are just used for for booking that. And uh, the thing I love about it is it automatically throws it on my uh, calendar. It automatically reminds both myself and the recipient that your meeting is coming up. Uh, It's just a really cool tool. And the thing I like about it is uh, for my one-on-one consulting, I use FreshBooks to to manage all that kind of uh, Mm -hmm. the accounting part of that. And I love it because I think I'm using Zapier. When somebody signs up through Acuity Acuity Scheduling, it automatically makes the invoice and puts it into FreshBooks. So a lot of this is all automated and uh, ties in together that way. So that's that's the other reason why I really liked Acuity Scheduling. And finally, I was on with Josh over at creativestudio.academy talking a little narrative-style podcasting. And Josh, thank you so much for the kind words he said about this program and the kind things he said about the School of Podcasting, as Josh is a former student. So most narratives have some sort of story And the reason we do that, and it's not all just documentary, is because we get sucked into the story. We're like, we want to see if he's going to make it or if she's going to make it or whatever. So I think that's the big thing. Uh, When um, Serial came out the first season, 
we were all like, oh my gosh, it's a big whodunit. Who's going to, is this person going to, you know, get out? Did they find something? Did he do it? Did he not do it? So it was all a big story to, to kind of get you sucked in. So I think that would be the big reason. I think it's a little more engaging than just an interview. And thank you to all those guys who had me on their show. If you would like to interview me, I would love to talk to you. Just go over to school slash contact and let's get that set up. Now, the thing I want to talk about is I got an email from the one and only Steve Stewart. You can find him at stevestewart.me. And he's kind of got it because of his podcast, or we should say because of podcasting. And he left a comment for me. Now, this is a about a six-minute comment, but I'm going to just let it play here. And we're going to talk a little bit here. I'm going to probably do the Dave Jackson thing where I interrupt it. And we're going to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. And the fact that the show that you want to do, by default, there's nothing you can do about this, is going to be different than anybody else's. Even if you call it Windmills on Fire, it's yes, it's going to have it on fire in the name, but it's still going to be different because it's your podcast. Even if your name is Lee John Dumas and it's Windmills on Fire, it's still going to be different. It's going to be kind of a cheap ripoff but it'll still be a different cheap ripoff. So let me play the clip from Steve Stewart. Hey, Dave, Steve Stewart. I didn't send anything in for episode 559 where you wanted to know what I liked about your podcast and what I think you could improve on for a couple of reasons. One, at the time, I really didn't come up with anything that I thought was extremely valuable to offer. Uh, And also because I am no longer podcasting, I pod faded back in June of 2016. So I kind of feel like I don't have the right to give you feedback because I'm not necessarily your target audience. So here already we're into the I'm not worthy kind of thing that we all I think we all deal with this. So, Steve, and you listening, anybody, I am always interested in hearing your feedback. But I listen for a number of reasons. So I am part of your audience. And I think this is where I need you to, uh, as, as one of the people in your feedback for 559 said, you know, stop talking about yourself negatively or putting yourself down as the, you know, as, as little old me. Because here I am, I am actually making a living from podcasting activities. I edit other people's shows and I make, I invoice 3500 to $4,000 a month in podcast production work, which to me, absolutely crazy. Never in my wildest dreams, one, could I ever imagine anybody could do this, but two, would imagine that I could do this, but I found a niche and it's happening. And it's happening. And this is something, again, you can take the skills you learn from the school of podcasting and turn around and become a podcast editor. Now, if you want to take that to the next level, Check out my buddy, Chris Curran. He does the podcast engineering school. But yeah, there are enough people that are doing this. They're recording podcasts, but they don't want to do the editing that now you can get hired. Same thing. Josh is another guy, school of podcasting member that is, you know, now making a living editing and producing other people's shows. And what's holding me back from getting bigger is if little old Dave Jackson is just little old me then what does that make a guy like me who doesn't have as many years of experience, who isn't as fluent in speaking and definitely doesn't have the analogies that Dave Jackson has? If it's a little old Dave Jackson, what does that make me? So I need you to stop with the 
little old me. You can be humble, but you just got to, you are valuable to your audience as you should have noticed from everybody who gave you feedback in episode 559. People love to listen to you and we need Dave Jackson, the Dave Jackson. We need Dave Jackson to own it. He is an icon in this industry. Without him, we have people who follow entrepreneurship podcasts. We have people who uh, listen to, uh, who follow the 10 steps that Dave, uh, Daniel J. Lewis gives us every week. Without the Dave Jackson, we don't get the, uh, the analogies. We don't get the stories. We don't get the entertaining side that you provide every week. So you own that part of it. Uh, I listen to Paul Culligan's show. Very informational. Mostly, mostly on the sales side. Good stuff. But it's not Dave Jackson. So this is where I say, if you're thinking of doing a show and, oh, doggone it, there's already a windmill on fire show. Uh, nah, it's still because of your experience, because of the way you do your show. I just do my show. I just, if it's entertaining, it's entertaining. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I am here to help you create a podcast and I want to have fun doing it. And Daniel's just being Daniel. Ray's just being Ray. You know, Paul Culligan is just being Paul Culligan. And you either like it or you don't, or you like them all or you hate them all. And so this is where if you're thinking nobody will listen to me, yes, they will, because somebody's going to really like your style a lot more than the other guy. That's just the way it is. Not everybody's going to love your stuff, but not everybody's going to hate it either. So you need to carve out that little piece of the podcasting pie because you know you own it and you need to own it. And I don't think you'll ever get to the point where you'll be boisterous, you'll be bullheaded, you'll be, you know, proud in a negative sense. You can be proud of your achievements, just don't be proud of yourself. I think that's where people think the word proud is, you know, like being proud is a sin. Well, you can be proud of your achievements, just don't be proud in your heart. And I think you'll be okay there, but you need to own it. And we need Dave Jackson to be the Dave Jackson. And when you get to that point, all of us little fans of Dave Jackson can up our game and we can then move in to help other people who are looking to improve their shows. And keep in mind, I, I really think this, and I know you're getting new listeners all the time, but I do think a majority of your fan base, your listeners may not necessarily be your ideal customers though. So I do have to take that into account, but I do believe a majority of your listeners are not newbie podcasters. And that's why they should sign up for my Patreon account. Wait, did I say that out loud? I think there are some, and, and obviously those will be the ones, the newbie podcasters will be the ones who reach out to you because they have questions where people like me, you know, I'm listening and I'm getting value on it. And, you know, forgive me for not giving you enough feedback from your episodes. I know what it's like to be a podcaster, have a loyal fan base, but never hear anything from them because, well, I didn't move the needle enough. I didn't, I didn't cause them to take action for whatever reason. And I got to hit this one here. Just because you get no feedback doesn't mean you're not making an impression. Yes, it's frustrating to talk into a microphone and get nothing back. But we heard in, in the previous clip that I used to teach the junior, senior high school, uh, Sunday school class. And I swear there were times when I'd be in there and I'm cracking jokes and trying to be the funny look, you know, it's, it's, you know, just trying to be entertaining and 
I, I got a bunch of high school kids acting like high school kids. Uh, I don't know if I could handle it now because they'd all be looking at their phone. But it, it, for me, they were just staring at their shoes. And it wasn't till later when I was actually able to marry people that this one girl who I had not seen in, in church, she had gone to another church. I didn't know that and came back. She said, hey, I'm getting married and I really want you to marry me. And I'm like, really? And she goes, who else would do it? She goes, I used to love your class. It was always fun. And literally no clue this. I was making any dents with this person and you really influenced my life and blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't have made it through this and no clue. So there are plenty of times when you're thinking, is this microphone on? And it's, you know, you're making an influence and it's just silent. I've had that with a a show once I, I was was thinking of shutting it down and my listeners came out of the woodwork and said, no, 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 we're here. We're listening. So I realize it's a lot of work and it's hard when you're not getting any feedback, but in some cases you are making an impact. You just don't know it because you've got a lot of lurkers and that stinks. Uh, I'll be the first to raise my hand and go, that stinks. It's because it's, there's nothing better than having somebody say, Hey, I like your show that puts gas in the tank, but just for everyone here listening, me, you, and Steve, just because you're not getting feedback doesn't mean you're not making an impact, but you can definitely stoke the flames, send out a form, something to try to get some feedback. So I think your fan base, and we talked about this in the past, I think your fan base really is people who want to keep in touch with the podcasting space, learn new things, know what's going on. But our experience, they're not necessarily, you know, four, five, six years into podcasting. They might be one or two. But they're not, you know, we, we you know, the, the messages you give a lot is, you know, I want you to start podcasting. Yeah, that message needs to be in your shows, but it doesn't need to be the focus of every show. We talked about this in the past. You help podcasters do it right. Podcasting the right way. That's what we need you to, to master. Anybody can take a course and they can watch Pat Flynn videos on YouTube, which are excellent, but out of date. And speaking of that, if you haven't seen it, go out to schoolpodcasting.com slash 564 of a link to a video I made that said, please quit podcasting like it's 2012. And what's the uh, incentive for him to update that? I don't know. I don't think there is one, but we need the Dave Jackson to champion that little piece of the, the podcasting pie to take control and help people podcast right. And that could include experienced and newbie podcasters. If your focus truly is you need to start a podcast, then go all out on that. But I really do think that your message should be, I help people podcast the right way. Covers all the bases, focuses in you, uh, focuses you on one thing doing it the right way because you changed from recommending feed burner years ago to now you're like, don't do it. That's what we need. Own it. Own it, brother. Thank you, Steve. Own it. feel like I'm listening to Randy Cantrell. Growgreat.com. Love Randy Cantrell. Love Steve Stewart. Thank you guys very much for that. And it is something I'm working on without turning this into a therapy session because we can all just blame our parents for everything. But there was something, I, I think most of it, now looking back at it, my, my dad was uh, and I did not get along, shocking, as a teenager, uh, me and my dad did not get along on things, and his answer to everything was, life's not fair, 
The world does not revolve around Dave Jackson. And in reality, I think the answer probably was we can't afford it. And I don't think he wanted to mention that at the time, but it didn't do a whole lot for the self-esteem. And uh, Randy, speaking of Randy Cantrell, he refers to this as head trash. We all have head trash. Welcome to the Yellow Studios. And uh, so I'm, I'm working on my head trash. I do realize I've been doing this for 12 years. I do realize that at Podcast Movement last year, I just did an open Q&A and they went, look, you're one of the few guys that can just do an open Q&A and people can pretty much throw any question at you and you're going to answer it. And we'll, we feel confident in letting you do that. So in the same way that I try to be humble with my guitar playing, I always try to be the anti-guitar player. I don't play ear bleeding <laughs> madness volume levels. I show up on time and I'm sober. I always try to be the anti-guitar player. So I've always tried to be the the humble podcaster, put others first. Uh I just to me I hate egomaniacs and I've I've I just run away from anything that sounds like that. So I number one, I appreciate all the kind words everybody's been saying. And the other thing about this is Steve has a point. You want your leaders to be confident. And since I got one sitting right here, um, when I was a musician, we used to tell people, make your mistakes with full confidence. So I'm going to make one. Here is the, the I'm just holding my guitar up to this. It was not planned. Um, this is an audible. And this is uh, A. Okay. Now, if I want to make a really bad mistake here, I'm going to play an A and an A sharp. And when you do that, it does not make a good noise. You see, just. And I used to say, if you're going to make a mistake, make it like one with like both hands in the air, make it strong, make a strong mistake. Now, there's a reason for that. Number one, if you make a, a, a weak mistake, you may not hear it enough to know that it's a mistake. And you're like, Dave, how does that pertain to podcasting? If you kind of go in and Let's say you're going to be, I don't know. Let's say you decide you're going to work blue. All right. If you're going to work blue, work blue. Don't sit there and go, all right, today I don't give a crap. No, no, no. If you're going to work blue, work blue. Now that's a not my favorite example, but you know what I mean here. If you're going to do it, do it. Jump into the deep end of the pool. So I appreciate that. And uh, I get it. And I have already changed my intro. If you heard that at the opening and things of that nature. but. Uh, just jump in. And the other thing is when you, when you hear a mistake and you go, Ooh, it's also easier than to fix. Now there, and the other thing you got to do too, just to tie this back to music, when you make a mistake, you start to then learn how to cover up your mistakes so they don't sound like mistakes. So let's say I wanted to do this and I went, right. That's supposed to be, it was supposed to, but I went, Right. So I could do it again, that exact same mistake and just put that little thing on the end of it that and now it sounds like I meant to do it. So the more you make mistakes, the more you learn how to cover them up. It's true. I'm telling you. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. Plus, you have this lovely thing called editing. We talked about that earlier in the uh, episode. And speaking of mistakes, someone caught it, you know, at the end of the month, I always do an episode that is basically based on your feedback. And this month's question is, do you have a podcast? Yes or no. And if you say no, 
what's holding you back? If you say yes, are you still doing it? If you say no, why did you walk away from it? If you said, nope, didn't walk away from it, why are you podcasting? That's going to be the uh, title of episode number, now for the record, it's going to be episode number 568. But when I originally put out this question, I said 468 because, well, you lose track after a couple hundred. And so a few of you have said, don't you mean 568? Yes. But I'm still saying put 468 in the title. So if you record something, because, hey, if you are a podcaster, I'm pretty sure you have access to a microphone and it sounds a whole lot better coming from you than than me reading the text. Some of you sent an email. That's fine, too. I'll take it however you want to give it. But uh, put 468 in the title of the email and just email it to Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. A couple other quick things. The Messengers DVD, again, you can go to supportthemessengers.com. That is a uh, limited time offer if you want to check that out. If you're going to Podcast Movement, use the coupon code SOP10 at podcastmovement.com to save 10% off your ticket. And in this episode, I've mentioned the Podcast Rodeo Show. That's a podcast that I'm kind of playing with at the moment. If you want a real review of your show, go over to podcastreviewshow.com. Man, is this a value. You get myself and Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach. We go over your podcast. I'm serious, with a magnifying glass and a fine-tooth comb, and we point out this is what we feel you're doing right, and we say, "Mm, and these are the things you might want to tweak. If you're interested in that, go over to podcastreviewshow.com. If you go, Dave, I don't even have a podcast to review. Well, then you need to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. And as Steve mentioned, I specialize in helping you podcast headache-free, hassle-free. We get you going on the right path so that you can become a digital influencer. You can put that on your business card. Dave Jackson, digital influencer. So I look forward to working with you. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. That is not anywhere on the website. Because you are listing right now, you get that coupon code, and that's my way of saying thanks, and that will save when you sign up. Next week, we are talking with the fabulous Katie Kremitzos, and she's going to be talking about a lot of things, but we're going to focus in on Facebook groups. Why Facebook groups? Because we've heard in the last couple episodes, Joe from Stacking Benjamin, Natalie from Biz Chicks, both kind of got a shot in the arm to their podcast when they started a private Facebook group. And I'm actually going to start one for one of my shows as well, the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, because I'm kind of sputtering on that show. And uh, so I'll be doing that as well. And I'm going to be bringing on Katie to share her knowledge of Facebook groups. That's coming up in the future, as well as anything you would like to talk about. Schoolpodcasting.com slash contact is how you can find me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to see you on the inside of the School of Podcasting. Until then, thanks for listening. Class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Four stoners take a trip to Amsterdam and stumble across a secret archaeological dig where they accidentally drill into the tail of a secret sea monster. Holland will never be the same. Coming to a theater near you. Windmills on fire!